Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Arsenal Supporters Trust podcast. I hope you're all well and looking forward to the new season. We've, we obviously had our first podcast with the Telegraph's Sam Dean and I'm delighted to welcome Adrian Clark, uh, former Arsenal pro, talks for Arsenal breakdown. You've heard him everywhere. Adrian. <laughs> How are you? Hello, Akil. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me back. And uh, yeah, I'm like every other gooner out there, quite quite excited and optimistic about what's to come this season. Don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's break it down a little bit. Pre-season, you know, we obviously, I, I don't know how much fans watched because of the times of the games. And I know I watched the Chelsea game live, but I was obviously quite heavy-eyed by the end of it. But I mean, generally, we, we won most of our games. I think we lost the Ipswich and the Brentford game behind closed doors. But certainly the games that were shown and stuff, we won them all. We were scoring goals. We, we looked quite good, didn't we, Adrian? Very good. Yeah, I don't think it could have gone any better. I, I didn't see the Brentford game. I know we put out pretty much a reserve starting eleven. Ipswich is a similar story. So I, I kind of count the games that we saw, the ones in front of fans. And it, in all of those, we played well. Obviously, we scored two goals, three goals, four goals, five goals, and even six. So that was that was excellent. It really was. And And the thing that stood out for me was the fitness and the sharpness and the cohesion of Arsenal's football, it was, we didn't look like a team that was finding its way. We looked like a team already that was in pretty good shape, I've got to say. So, yeah, look, it's only friendlies. It never actually matters. But I don't think the last few months could have gone any better, really. And, yeah, the US Tour was a roaring success. Obviously, battering Chelsea was a good confidence booster. Uh, and then Sevilla, you think, okay, best defensive record in La Liga. This might be awkward. And we just, you know, bamboozled them, really. 6-0 was a fair result. So, yeah, it couldn't have gone any better. We've obviously, we've done a lot of our business fairly early, um, according to my agenda, which is put together by another board member, Zach. So if, he, if it is wrong, blame him, not me. But <laughs> apparently we've had two unchanged sides as well in the last two pre-season games. Yeah. Is there any sort of tactical trends you've spotted that is a little bit different to last season? Is there anything we're doing differently? Yeah. So well, well, that is very important. I think having two identical starting 11s in the last two friendlies tells you that Mikel Arteta is selected his starting 11 for, for Crystal Palace so that in itself is a big change from previous seasons he knows what he wants he wants to privatise those guys for minutes and for game time and, and that's a really healthy position to be um, in terms of tactical changes now let me think I mean <sighs> We've pressed ferociously, I have to say, and that's not always been the case, has it? Sometimes we do, mm -hmm. sometimes we don't. I think it's been a pattern that we've really got in the faces of opponents and and done it in not ones and twos, but in three, four and fives, you know, hunted in packs. Yeah, yeah. Jesus is a good trigger. He's really hardworking. And then obviously Odegaard behind him, very hardworking. Um, Saka Martinelli, they love a bit of pressing and, mm. and Jack has been quite advanced too. So that's been a standout. Um, we've scored a couple of goals from corners, which has been nice. Um, and, and Ben White is the big change, obviously, uh, at right back. Now, this is because Tommy Asu is injured. Clearly, there's a battle there between Cedric, Maitland-Niles and, and White. And, and I think the form of Saliba 
we'll get to him later, I'm sure. But the form mm. of Saliba means that, unfortunately, White has been pushed down the pecking order. And if he wants him in the starting eleven, he's going to have to play him at right back. And and I think I would give him a, a mixed review, really, based on what I've seen Ben White at right back. He's tucked inside like a midfielder and that he looks very comfortable there. We know he can play in midfield. He's, he's passed really nicely. He, he doesn't look uncomfortable, but there have been one or two moments defensively in that right-back position where he's up against quick players, where he's been caught out a little bit. He's dived in and people have skipped past him. So I think if I have any concerns about our starting eleven at Palace, it might be just Ben White at right-back, but he's a good player. We know that and, and hopefully he'll, he'll adapt and, and raise his game. So let's talk about William Saliba as we're covering sort of the back line. Mm-hmm. It, it's been a player that Arsenal fans have been absolutely wanting to see for ages. And that, it, it feels like Arsenal really want him, to, fans want him to do well. I don't know what it is about him, but maybe because there was big money spent, maybe because we've heard he's going to be a real star. I think, I think we're afraid of losing him a little bit. <laughs> I do feel that there's that little bit of fear that mm-hmm. please don't mess this one up, Arsenal, sort of thing. But... Would you put him ahead of Ben White then? If, if on Tommy form, Asu yeah. Was fit, Tommy yeah. Asu was fit, who would you play? I, I would play Saliba and, uh, with Gabriel and, and probably Tommy Asu at, at right back. Yeah. Um, it's harsh on Ben White because Ben White is a very good player, had an excellent season by and large. But but based on what I've seen form wise, Saliba has just outshone him a little bit. And, and you know, this happens, doesn't it? He, he was in League Earns team of the season. Mm. He is a full. France international. I think he's got five caps now. He's probably quite confident right now too. He's, he's 21 years of age. He's in the form of his life. He feels ready to be a first team star, whether it's in France or at Arsenal. Mm. And he looks ready. I mean, he's big. That's the thing, the first thing that stands out. Mm. I mean, saw him in the flesh up close. So I was pitch side the other day at the Emirates mm, I Cup. And I think he's six foot three, big lad, pretty bulky, um, quick, got good recovery pace. And the other thing is his comfort in possession. He's he's not really played those progressive forward passes yet, although the stats, I've looked into William Saliba and his performances in France, unbelievable, really, in terms of the progressive passes, mm. the progressive forward carries. He loves it. He's going to be a huge asset in that, in that regard. But until this point, he's just kept things nice and safe. Mm. And in a couple of tight, tricky spots where he's been stitched up a little bit with the pass, He's been super cool and sort of used quick feet and a calm temperament to, to get out of trouble. So I think it's been pretty flawless, really, from, from William Saliba. And he's in the team on merit. Palace away is one of the toughest parts you could get, I've got to say, because they're physical, they'll press him, they'll put aerial balls into the box. So it, it's going to be challenging. Well, yeah. But he's in, he's in the team on merit, in my opinion. And I, I just cannot see any scenario where we sell him I think I think he's part of the part of the squad now and and uh, you know he's competing for a place and contract renewal will be quite important and on Ben White as well I mean yeah. that's that that's that's how it should be at the Arsenal it, yeah. it, you shouldn't be a guaranteed start you you, no. you you need to fight for your place and yeah. you know we, we we all remember the times early 2000s when we when Sol Campbell came and Tony Adams or Martin Keown had to sit on the bench and in that cup final in yeah. whenever it was 2001, 2002 we had to leave one of them out and that's yeah, that's it life. happens this is Arsenal you've got good players in every position mm. Eddie Nkenti has had a pretty good pre-season he's looked sharp sharp as anything he's mm. not going to play in the first mm. game um, Emil Smith-Rowe what a player he is we love him mm. but mm. he's not going to play he's not in Arsenal's 
first 11 at the moment, but but he will compete. I mean, we're going to have an interesting competition at left-back soon. When, yeah, Tierney, yeah, yeah. when Tierney's fully fit, him and Zinchenko competing for that berth. And what might happen if Tierney gets the nod, then you've had suddenly got a duel between Zinchenko and Xhaka for that sort of left midfield spot. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite excited to see Zinchenko that's, in that position. Yeah, that's great, though, isn't it? That's what we want. That's yeah, kind of... it's perfect. Yeah. Good segue. You mentioned Eddie and Ketia. I want to talk about his partner in crime up front. Um, <laughs> oh, who's that then? Have, have I heard yeah. of that? Yeah. That's recently, actually. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> does a phone celebration. And funny enough, he scored about seven goals, I think, in five games. Uh, how impressed have you been with Gabriel Jesus? Oh, I couldn't have been more impressed. I, I'm having more to impressed than you thought you would be. Yeah, much yeah. more. Yeah. You know, I've always liked him as a player. He was excellent at Manchester City, but we never saw him get a run. We never saw the team built around him. We never saw him be the focal point of the team. And that's exactly what he's going to be at Arsenal. And it just, he looks like a different animal. He looks so sharp, so fast, so sort of dynamic in everything he's done. He's had an absolutely blinding pre-season. I would say, and I... I don't, I'm not one for giving out marks and stuff like that in pre-season, but if I was giving marks out of 10 for pre-season, I would give him a 10. I don't, I can't find anything wrong in every match. He's been electric and he's either scored a goal or assisted a goal and made things happen. I'm having to try and suppress my excitement at what he's capable of achieving this season, because when it starts for real, we know, these things are tougher and it's not a fairy tale. It's not going to be a walk in the park. There'll be bumps in the road, but he looks like an absolute game changer. And the, the thing that, that really stands out, especially when I saw it in the flesh at the Emirates Cup was the speed of Arsenal's attacks with Lacazette. You know, he's a good player, link man, you know, had his strengths, but in a way our attacks had their limitations in terms of yeah. speed. Jesus does things quicker. Um, he'll turn and he'll run in behind. He'll travel with the ball. And yeah, it's um, yeah, the speed of our attacks will, mm. will be increased and, and that will made, make us harder to defend against. And, and hopefully it means we'll score loads more goals. He's gone from, I think, 25 to 1 to 12 to 1 for top goal scorer. <laughs> I mean, it's worth a cheeky fiver, isn't it? I mean, well, I wouldn't be backing him. I'm not, as brilliant as he's been. That's a cheeky five though. Maybe, maybe, yeah, <laughs> as, a, as a sort of some, yeah, so, a sort of motivation bet. Um, I, yeah, I think he'll do really well to come anywhere near the likes of Kane, Salah, and, and Haaland. I, I really do. But I do think he's capable of getting 20 goals. I do. And and if he gets 20 goals, he'll be in the shake up, won't he, for the golden yeah, boots? Absolutely. So, yeah. That's exactly what, what we've been missing. Mm. Um, talk about Bakayo Saka. Um, mm. It's probably, I mean, you know, there's contract talks with him and, and hopefully that all goes well. I think Edu yeah. said it, it, it's going well when he spoke mm-hmm. to the press the other other week from the... Probably Bakaya Saka's first season where he really is the established star of this team. He played in every Premier League game last yeah. season. Might have come off as a sub, well, come on as a sub, sorry, but he participated mm-hmm. in all of them. How do you think he'll be feeling the pressure? Because it is different. Everyone knows about him. Oppositions will be doing their homework on him. It's going to be a different sort of season for him, would you say? Yeah, different. But uh, this is what you're in football for. You're mm. in professional football. First of all, he's achieved a great ambition of his to become an Arsenal first teamer. He feels a million dollars because of that. And now he's like our best player or one of our best players. Certainly was our best player last season. And, and 
if that doesn't make you feel confident and feel like you're you can achieve anything then nothing will so mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be worried about the pressure I don't think he'll be worried about opponents doubling up on him or giving him the physical treatment I think he'll see it as a badge of honor to try and get the better of these guys again and again and again and and, and from what I've seen in pre-season he looks in good nick strong he's getting stronger he's really getting stronger you can see he's been in the gym he's traveling with the ball I think a bit more powerfully than he was before and um and I yeah I just see, I just think we'll see another improvement he might have to come up with one or two new tricks one or two new ways of getting past players but let me tell you when you've got Jesus making the, the runs that he is when you've got Erdegaard in good form like he is and Martinelli on the other side. I mean, space will open up and I, and I expect him to make plenty of runs in beyond and, and to score goals. I think he can score 10 goals this year, maybe get 10 assists. So I think he's got to try and chase the double-double. That's quite similar to last year where he got um, 11 goals with seven assists last season. Um, yeah. But that was playing in all 33 or playing a part in all 33. It looks like he's on pens as well. So uh, yeah. Yeah, get, maybe yeah. get him in your fantasy league team. Yeah. yeah. You like to, you, you know, he will go to the World Cup. So it'll be interesting to see how yeah. Mikel sort of handles him coming back. Potentially, it could be a little bit of a, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The, the World Cup players, we, do, we just don't know what baggage they'll come back with, uh, you know, good or bad. If they've won the World Cup, you might presume, oh, they'll come back and be brilliant. But there's often a hangover, isn't there? So it's going to be a weird season. Um, and just on that, as, as kind of talking as an ex-pro and, 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 and also just you know, from what you've seen, obviously this is very unique having a World Cup mid-season. But the players that aren't going, what what's their mindset like? Or should be like, I suppose, because potentially they might have they might have a big role in those first weeks back with Boxing Day, we start back again. Yeah. Because if you're, you know, if you're a Bakayo Saka, then is a Nico Pepe thinking if he gets to the final, he might be, might mm-hmm. be quite jaded coming back. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, first thought, if I was in their shoes, was, oh, I wish I was going to the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Second thought is, ah, oh, might get a week or two off here, which I'm sure they will. They'll probably go to Dubai or whatnot. They'll be given a bit of free time. So it'll be a nice moment to recharge batteries, which is good. You know, it's good for someone like City. We've got Erling Haaland, so like that's a real bonus. Nice them. as well. Yeah, exactly. So, so for them, I think it, it could be good news. Um, do you know what though? I think, I think the moment the teams are eliminated from the World Cup, they'll be back and they'll be back in training because what's the point yeah. in in stopping? I think you've just got to keep going, really, and ticking ticking over. You don't need to give them a two week holiday. It's in the middle of the season maybe a few days to, to get away with their families, just to mentally switch off, but then they'll be back. So it's only really the players that get to the World Cup final that might not play Boxing Day. And even then, it wouldn't surprise me if players played, you know, when we were back, because every match is going to be so important. And how do you think, I mean, you know, we don't know how teams are going to react, but in a way, you, you kind of think the big teams will probably suffer the most because they'll have players coming back. I mean, we saw it Mo Salah, right, losing the African Nations. He wasn't quite, his form did dip a little bit. He was still scoring probably mm. more than most, but it did dip a little bit. And essentially, City won the league in that period, you know. Mm. So it's a case of, it's a weird one for us, was it? Because you probably don't want to play a team that hasn't had many players go away, but then, I don't know. 
Who knows? I, I can't record a fixture this when we come back. Who have we got on Boxing Day? Is it West Ham? Um, yes. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, it was Chelsea, wasn't it? I can't that was last year. It could be West Ham. Yeah, I'm not, not entirely sure who we've got, but you just got to deal with the cards. I mean, yeah, Salah will be refreshed this time around. He's not going to the World Cup, is he? I don't think Luis Diaz either. So, so Liverpool will probably be well placed. It, it is what it is. You want you want your players to shine. You want them to do well, but at the same time, you don't want them to be overplayed and and to be burnt out by the end of the domestic season. So, yeah, look, yeah. there'll be some decisions, won't there, for Mikel Arteta? I think it'll be a test actually for all the managers in the sports science departments to just gauge who's. Who's, who are the ones that we can just keep going and who are the ones that maybe need a breather? But, that, you know, that's what they all get paid for. That I'm sure they'll find the right resolution. We've got West Ham at home on Boxing Day, followed by Brighton away, Newcastle at home, and then we've got two big ones, Spurs away, Man United at home. So yeah, yeah. it's, um, let's hope Harry Kane and Son come back from the World Cup a little bit injured, eh? Let's, uh, <laughs> let's hope so. What's a, what's a good season for Arsenal this season? Is it is it just the obvious getting to the Champions League? Doesn't matter if it's fourth for the Europa League or mm. do it. You know, somebody asked me an interesting question at work. He's a Fulham fan, and we we're talking about Bert Leno going there, and he was like, "Would you sort of take winning the Europa League but finishing tenth? And I was like, I, "You know what? I don't think I would because that doesn't show progression. That might show yeah. you're getting to where you want to be in the Champions League." But mm. by finishing 10th, it means you haven't had a very good Premier League season, which means to me, you've actually mm. gone the other way and potentially fluked a cup. Yeah, I, I think you've used the word that I would have used progression. We've had progression and I want to see more progression. Now, if we get more progression, there's only one place to go and that's into the top four or to win a trophy, isn't it? And and that is a successful season. Now, I don't think we're going to finish 10th. Just to reassure you, I'll be staggered if we're outside the top six. I give us... The bookies think Spurs and Chelsea will get third and fourth. They think we'll get fifth. Um, I don't necessarily see it that way. I I, I think Spurs, Arsenal and Chelsea should be considered on a level playing field at the start of this season. Arsenal were a whisker away from Champions League last season without a striker, really, of note. Um, So there's no reason, in my opinion why we shouldn't regard... And we beat Chelsea, we've beaten Spurs. There's no reason why we shouldn't consider us ourselves equals to them. Um, so for me, we can finish third, fourth, fifth or sixth, but I expect third or fourth. I really do. And I'm, I'm being greedy, I think we should win a trophy this this yeah. season. It's been, you know, it's been long enough. Um, I think an FA Cup, a Carabao Cup or a Europa League... Yeah, along with a good domestic season, um, would would be real progress, and and that's what I'm sure they'll be aiming for inside that dressing room. I'm sure the target would be trophy, top four, and that that's fair. It's not it's not unrealistic. Fifteen FA Cups does have a ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. On sort of the Palace game, um, we, we've sort of covered starting lineup per se. Mm-hmm. I think the back yeah, four just because of injuries we mm. you know and stuff like that but you know what kind of um yeah what kind of game do you expect to see at palace i mean obviously we went there a couple of months ago we, we, mm. we lost um <laughs> it was when you know there was injuries to, to players and, and all that kind of stuff happened it just went wrong the whole night just went yeah. wrong what do you expect what kind of game would you expect well i hope for a very different night <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. for sure i mean it's horrible i mean everyone had a had a nightmare really um three nil 
was not unfair. I mean, in the second half, we we bossed it, but, but it was too late by then. Uh, in that first half, we were completely overpowered. We were bullied and and we were knocked out of our stride. And, and Palace will try and do the same. Make no mistake. They kind of did it to us at Emirates Stadium when we scraped a quite lucky draw earlier on in the campaign. Vieira thinks... The way to, to get the better of us is to press us and to get in our faces and to disrupt the flow. He's probably right. And it, mm. and it worked. Uh, we've got to be ready for it. We've got to yeah. absolutely be ready for it. Stand tall, strong, fight as physically hard as they will and start quickly. And, and I think if we do all that and we get our noses in front, we can win the game comfortably. Mm. But, but it could be a really uncomfortable evening if we allow Palace to get at us and to get under our skin. So, yeah, that would be the, the battleground. It will, be, it will be about the physicality. And Arteta will, I am convinced, you know, preach this to his players ahead of the game. Be ready for the physicality. If they're not, we could lose the game. If they are ready for it, the form that we've seen they're in tells me that, that, that we'll win. Um, I think there'll be goals in the game. Palace score goals. We've been full of them. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know about predictions. I, I think we'll win the game and maybe mm. both teams will score. That's how that's how I envisage it. I hope I'm right. <laughs> even though the game was only in, what, March or whenever it was, April even, mm. I think seven, only probably seven of the 11 will actually mm. play with, with Jesus and Chenko. Martinelli yeah. didn't play that night. Mm. And um, obviously um, Saliba is mm. the, the four. So it is, you know, you think even in a couple of months, four players kind of changing is it's quite big so quite they're big. four players who don't have the memory of yeah that's true it's true uh, Saliba's big one for Saliba really testing start yeah. for him um Gabriel had a bad night I'm sure yeah. he'll be much much better yeah. um yeah Zinchenko I have no worries about it it's white as I said earlier white at right back with they've got a lot of tricky wingers haven't they I'm not sure well, Zaha yeah. likely to to start yeah. on the left of their attack I'd suggest and Zahar against against Ben White would make me a little bit little bit nervous ahead of kickoff, mm. but but we've got to dominate every other area of the pitch, and if we do that, then we'll we'll be fine. Was it Ben White that gave away the penalty? No, it was Erdegaard. It was oh, of course. Yeah, but but if you remember, back. there was it was Thomas Partey pulled up with an injury. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and they then sprung this attack with the sort of spare man. Erdegaard scrambles back, reckless yeah. challenge, sort of a really frustrating challenge, and we gave that away. So. Um, yeah, Odegaard had a really bad night, I remember. Yeah. So, But he's been great in pre-season. He's looked really, yeah. really on it. And I would expect all of those guys to to bring their A game to Selhurst Park. Because I just, just get that impression. They know the fans are buying into this. They know everyone's on side. It's a real positive vibe at the moment. It's really, really important. I think that we don't suffer any sort of setbacks early on, mm. or not too many. Got to mm. keep this, this good mood going. Absolutely. Um, just on Palace, I mean, how much will they miss Conor Gallagher? He's obviously gone back to, to Chelsea. I mean, that's a big loss. I know they've they've made a couple of signings to Corre from Lens and they've Chris Richards and obviously from Bayern Munich and they've got a goalkeeper from West Brom, but yeah. they will miss Conor Gallagher. He had a good game that, that night, didn't he? He made a big difference. He was the yeah. one that kind of triggered yeah. that press. He stood right. he stood on the central midfielder. He did a great job. So, yeah, they will miss him. I, I think De Cure, I don't know a great deal about him. I think he's the player that's been brought in to play that, that role. Um, so, now they're weaker without him. They've got good players. I, I like Tyrick Mitchell at left-back and mm. Gurhi at centre-back. But, 
you look at their 11, you look at beatable, our 11, beatable. and of mm. course, as tough as it looks on paper, and it is, it'd be a stiff examination for anyone going to Selhurst Park. If we play to our potential and play like we have in pre-season uh, and get the ball to Gabriel Jesus a lot, then we'll win the quickly. game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and quickly, yeah. Get, get As long as we get mm. Saka, Martinelli, um, Odegaard and Jesus Odegaard. into the yeah into the right areas, then um, we'll, we'll hurt them, I'm sure of that. Mm. And Martin Odegaard obviously was named Arsenal captain um, just under a week ago, really, on the Saturday, wasn't it? Just ahead of the Emirates Cup game, which, you know, as you said, you were pit side on. Mm. You know, good choice in your, in your eyes. Yeah, I, I didn't. There's no obvious alternative, was there, really? Uh, Tierney's the old school captain material, isn't he? But he's, he's not fit he's enough. You know, getting fit, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and obviously, we've signed a player that will compete with him for that role. No, I, I think it's the right call because. Uh, he, I mean, you never hear anything bad about Martin Odegaard for a start, do you? He's, he's well, clean as a whistle. Uh, he's got a great attitude. He runs hard. He's industrious. He's a team player. He communicates quietly, but regularly. He's always talking to players. He's a captain of his country. I mean, blimey, at his age, that's some achievement. And and I think it's right and proper that we have a young captain to lead this young developing Arsenal side. Yeah, we, we, we've got a team full of guys in their early 20s that we want to keep for the next five years. And we want that team to grow together. So why not have someone who's in that age bracket to, to lead and inspire them going forward? So now I think it's the right call. I, I, my only reservation is that it's been a bit jinxed, hasn't it, in recent times. I do not want anything to go wrong for Martin Erdogan because I, I really like and admire him as yeah. a footballer. So so hopefully that jinx will be over and, and he'll thrive in the role. Um, I, I, I would have gone for him. I think yeah. if I'd have made, uh, there might have been a time where I might have even looked at a Saka or a Tierney, but I think in, if I had to make that decision this summer, I would have gone for Erdegaard for, for the reasons I've just outlined. I don't know if you saw actually where you were as the players were in their little, you know, as they were doing their kind of, was it? arms thing the, yeah, um, I missed that I think yeah, it, yeah you're yeah. probably walking to the to, to my block weren't you then but <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was interesting because the cameras did get quite close and it was Granit Shaka that was the one who was okay. talking to them all Odegaard mm. was next to him as captain mm. but it was Granit that did all the talking all the thing and Odegaard just kind of did a come on let's go sort of thing yeah. so yeah. but 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 that's okay right that's it's, why not yeah I mean no it's yeah only one person can wear the armband and lead you out. But I think most good teams have loads of leaders, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I see Ramsdale as a leader figure. Yeah. I really do. Mm. I see Gabriel as a leader figure. Mm. I see Tierney as a leader figure. I think Ben White, in, in a way, it, it can be. Um, you, you've got Xhaka for sure. Well. You've got Erdegaard. I think Saka leads by example. I mean, yeah, the, there are a number of players there that mm. could wear the armband and you... you you wouldn't have an issue with it. So, um, but but Erdegaard, in my opinion, was the standout choice. Um, and yeah, wishing well. Yeah, perfect. Adrian, I think there's not much else to kind of cover off here. I think it's just about. I think I think I mean starting well is important, isn't it? I mean, last year we were always kind of chasing ourselves a little bit. Um, you know, we, we we probably did quite well to to be in the running for fourth in the last month of the season after our start, but. I think really important to have a good, solid start up to. I think our October looks pretty, pretty harsh. And our March looks but, pretty but, harsh. But, the, but, but look, you've got to make the most of what looks 
relatively kind yeah. early fixture list. Okay, you've got to take advantage. You've got to hit the ground running um, and buy yourself some some wriggle room. And and I go back to the mood. The Emirates Cup sold out rapidly. <laughs> that never used to happen. Yeah, no. um, it's the fans are into it. They love the team. They like. I think they most of them like the manager as well now, and they like the football. They like what they're seeing. I think that even though it was a terrible end to last season, we, we were gutted. We were on our knees, weren't we? Yeah. Despite that, we're still brimming with enthusiasm and optimism. And the reason is because we we know that this team is likely to improve again, um, and we've got to give no reasons for the for the fans to get a downer on the group. I think we just got to keep this, the, 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 you know, this feel good factor going. And, uh, and I think it can take us quite a long way. I really do. Not going to take us to the title. Let's not get silly, but it could take us into the top four and towards a trophy. And, and that, that would be great. Season, yeah. I think for those of kind of members listening to this, um, you'll potentially be coming or, or, or have watched our virtual event where we'll talk about ticketing. But as Adrian says, I mean, Games are selling out. That's one thing. The Emirates Cup sold out, but you know, silver members and red members are just absolutely taking their allocation. You know, the the, the first two home games or three home games have now sold out to silvers and reds. The Villa game still got to go to reds, but within half an hour, and that never used to happen. Ticket exchange is pretty quiet. Something the AST have advocated for. If you can't go, put your game on, put your ticket on exchange. But everyone wants to go at the moment. That, that's the excitement, which is, you know, which is great. So. Um, yeah, Adrian, we'll, we'll we'll talk more in the virtual event um, for those of you who are leaving us now. So you non-members, um, we do kind of virtual events as well where we have guests like Adrian. We've also got another Nick Ames from The Guardian joining us tonight. And we'll cover off all things Arsenal, all things that AST are working on. If you do want to become a member, arsenaltrust.org for £20 a year. Um, you can become a member and get all of our content. Um, but these podcasts are free to everyone. So I hope you did enjoy to all our members. See you soon. Um, and up the Arsenal. Thank you.